uh, added after the fact, just want to, just want to let y'all know and apologize for all the clearing of my throat during the podcast. I'm not sick. Um, I have allergies. And so that's why, uh, those particular, um, areas where I was recording, there was some clearing in my throat. Going back and listening to it, I can see where it might be a little annoying, irritating. And for that, I apologize. Um, but, but I'm not sick. It's just allergies. Hello, hello, hello. I hope everyone is doing well. Yesterday was the new moon. As we are now entering into the waxing phase of the moon cycle. Um, I just really quickly want to thank all the healthcare uh, professionals out there right now who are risking exposure every day um, to take care of the sick. Uh, I also want to thank all the grocery store clerks who are also risking exposure every day to make sure that people can still get their uh, food and supplies. Um, the gas station attendants, the truck drivers who move that food um, and product, and the, the plant workers who um, you know, are continuing to work and produce the food <clears throat> for us to eat. So there are a lot of people behind the scenes who do not have the luxury of working from home right now. And they are going out daily, risking exposure for the benefit of all society. And I just want to express my gratitude to them and that I hope that they are taking um, the every precaution available to them to prevent, um, you know, infection or spread of infection. And I hope that they are, you know, their leadership and their management is taking this seriously and providing them with safe working environments and um, ensuring that every precaution available to them has been met to ensure their safety. So I just want to thank um, everybody for that. Uh, I know that right now the healthcare professionals are, you know, kind of being seen a lot in the news and and thanked and whatnot, and that's great. Um, and as a nurse, I appreciate it. Uh, but there are a lot of people who, when they got their job, they never thought um, I may be asked to continue to go to work in um, the face of this kind of fear. Um, Nurses, we kind of do that every day. We know that we could potentially come in contact with the disease and and we just take that on. Um, But grocery store clerks and um, truck drivers and all the other people out there who aren't having the luxury of working from home right now, they they don't they don't do that and many of them don't get paid well um so not trying to be political or anything but hopefully when you know when it comes up this increased minimum wage we all think about that and think about who is essential to our daily living and who provides a service to us that we would certainly feel the pinch if we went without and that those people deserve a, a living wage um and i hope that we support them in that when that happens <clears throat> so that is, that's that over. I'll move on now. Trying not to get um, political with any of my, um, any of my podcasts. So we'll move on from that now and get back to your regular broadcasting. Okay, so our next lunar event will be um, April 7th and that'll be the full moon. So between now and April 7th, we're in the waxing moon, which means the moon is getting bigger. This is a time to do things that are about bringing things into your life. This is um, a time, again, where I know I've mentioned in a previous podcast to do things such as as the moon 
grows fuller, so does my, and then whatever that intent is, um, is uh, a ritual uh, that you can perform. You can use that incantation and apply it, adapt it. Um, but this is the time to, to do those things. It's in your, <clears throat> excuse me, in the um, the waxing moon phase as the moon is growing and getting larger. Um, on the seventh, the moon will be full. And so, of course, you'll be looking to make your full moon water and charge your stones and amulets and things like that. So um, you may be preparing for that. Um, the other thing that you can do is, is you can kind of start to prepare your ceremony for the full moon. Now that it's been, gosh, probably a little over a month now that we've been doing these podcasts and hopefully you feel like you know a little more now than when you started. <clears throat> and so now maybe you can look towards the seventh and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to write um, my actual ceremony down. I'm going to start kind of prepping it and planning it and what that's going to look like and, and make it a little more structured. Um, and, uh, I'm not saying that that's what everybody has to do. Uh, if you're totally comfortable with it and you're good at winging it and all that jazz, then go for it. But when you're new, it sometimes is very helpful to, to do that, to kind of, to kind of plan ahead and prepare and have something written down that you're going to do. And in doing that, you're learning in preparing your, you're looking things up and you're learning. You're saying, okay, well, what's the full moon good for? What do I want to do? And then you're, you may look at different, <clears throat> how, how am I going to cast this spell? What am I going to use for this spell? And, and in that process, you'll be learning. So I, I just encourage everybody to do that. Um, One of the things that I want to share with you is um, from an article that I read um, called The Art of Magic. And I felt like it worded things pretty well, made it made it pretty understandable. In it, they list five components of magic. <clears throat> this is basically um, an, excerpt, uh, an excerpt from Raven Gramassi's The Art of Magic. Uh, the five components of magic are essentially five components that come... Com- comprise, excuse me, the art of creating successful and consistent works of magic. One is will, two is timing, three is imagery, four is direction, and five is balance. Will is the personal mental will of the witch that drives the manifestation of any desired spell or working magic. The will is, of course, the directed focus of the mind. The power of the will in any given work must be equal to motivation to accomplish your goal. The less intense the focus of the personal will, the less likely the manifestation is to appear. The stronger the need or the desire, the more likely enough willpower will be raised. There's one person, I'm sorry, there's one reason why magic should not always be the first remedy to need or a situation. Magic should be a resource in times of need as opposed to a commonplace practice. This keeps it sacred and powerful. When applying the will, it is important to not let your thoughts stray. If they do, you can unintentionally morph the effect you desire to manifest. This is one reason why written evocations or invocations are useful to keep things focused on the intent. Rhyming words in one's spells is effective in keeping the train of thought fixed in place. Timing. In the performance of magic, timing can mean success or failure. Witchcraft is rooted in the ways and cycles of nature. The night is the preferred time for the witch's magic because calmness has settled over the hectic energy of daily life. 
the best time to cast a spell or direct work of magic is when the target is most receptive. Receptivity is usually assured when the target is passive. Therefore, an effective time to cast a spell is when people are asleep, corporations are closed overnight and on holidays and so on. In this way, there's no counterflow of energy there to buffer the spell. Another important factor is to take into account the phase of the moon. Always work with nature and not against it. Generally speaking, uh, this says that 4 a.m. is the target zone that's most effective to cast a spell of influence over a person or situation. I cannot speak to that personally. That's just what this says. Uh, so then the third component is imagery. <clears throat> the success of any magical work also depends upon images that connect the witch to the desired manifestation. This is where one's imagination enters into the formula. The image you, should the image you use should heighten your emotions and draw you deeper into the work at hand. Anything that serves to intensify the emotions will contribute to success. Therefore, things such as drawing, statue, photo, or symbol are very useful. For increased energy, you can accompany it with a scent, article of clothing, sound, setting, or setting that adds to your connection. The merging of these components will greatly add to your successful outcome. Imagery is a constant reminder during the spellcasting of what you wish to attract or accomplish. It acts as a homing device in its role as representation of the object, person, or situation from which the spell is intended. Imagery joins with the person, personal will to shape and direct everything in accordance with the will of the witch. <clears throat> so this is kind of what I was talking about last time with ritual and how some people don't like things that are... Sorry, that's my dog. Some people don't like things that are too ritualistic, whereas I do. I really enjoy ritualistic things. Um, and that's because I feel that connection. It makes me feel that connection even more. And so if you don't need those things, that's great. But if you do need them, then use them. And if you like them, so what? That just is what it is. Um, I like them. Um, doesn't doesn't make anybody better or worse. Um you know, there's no, what is it, uh, the, some people will say, you know, that they're like Samantha from Bewitched. All they got to do is think something and it's done, right? Well, great for them. Um, but some of us like the rituals because it helps us feel connected. And so I would encourage you to do that if that's where you're comfortable. Especially in the beginning, that's where you're probably going to need to be. <clears throat> So then balance. As with all things in witchcraft, balance is essential in a spell or other work of magic. Balance is about knowing the outcome in accord with what is realistic. Therefore, you need to look at what you are trying to make happen and the reality that surrounds it. As a mundane example, you can't make grow roses grow outside in the snow. When casting a spell, know the greater force is already at play and then design your magic to match and work within that reality. Balance is joining in with the tide and the flow. Another element related to personal balance is to consider the need for the work of magic as well as the likely consequences on both the spell and the caster and the target. If anger motivates your magical work, then wait a few hours and sleep on it overnight. While anger can be a useful propellant for a spell, it can also cloud the thinking. Again, it is a question of balance. So here's where I don't, I don't judge other people who do hexes. Um, I don't do hexes. Um, and that's because it's not because I don't think, you know, I'm not one of these people that like, oh, all magic has to be good, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, shine in the light, that kind of thing. Um, I don't think there's light and dark. I think that the people are just people. Um, I mean, as far as I don't think that like there's, you know, 
I don't think it is as black and white as, as that. <clears throat> I think that um, each of us has things within us and are capable of very light and very dark things. Um, it just depends on what, what, um, what is the thing that takes us to that? You know, what is our breaking point? Where's our point that we are capable of doing certain things? Um, I remember when I became a mother, so before I had my daughter, I was, you know, the, the joke of being tree, tree hugging hippie. Right. And so would have never thought like no one would have said like oh yeah you know she's violent or anything like that that's just not who I am I had my daughter and I I remember saying like you know it scares me a little that I've just discovered a side of myself that's quite scary (laughs) um in the sense of like how much I wanted to protect my daughter that suddenly in my mind I knew that I was capable like, you could have asked me before I had my daughter, are you capable of hurting something? Like, are you capable of murder? And I would have said, no, no. Like, I think it would be even hard in self-defense for me to actually kill something. Like, I would feel like, like, that just would be, I'd be like, can I, can I disable you somehow? Like, I wouldn't want to just kill you, you know? Um, of course, who knows what happens when instinct kicks in, right? But, um, but that would have been my response. Oh, no, I could never do that. And I had my daughter and I'm like, uh, Yeah. I absolutely could. Somebody messes with my kid. Somebody hurts my kid or somebody's coming at my kid. You best believe I I will hurt them. (laughs) No qualms. And that kind of frightened me because I was like, ooh, I didn't know I was capable of that. Like, I didn't know that that was inside of me. But it was inside of me and it's inside of all of us. It just is where, (laughs) at what point does that occur is different for all of us. Some of us jump to it a lot easier than others. I do agree with this that you should not do something in anger because it does cloud your judgment. So if you're going to do something like that, don't jump to do it. Plan it out. First of all, plan it out. Be meticulous. Because if you are going to do something like that, you're gonna, if you do it meticulously and it's planned out and well thought out and not done on a whim, it's going to be <laughs> much more uh, effective anyway. But as you're doing that, you know, it, you may calm down and decide that the offense that occurred to you that's so worthy of hexing is no longer worthy of hexing and that you were just really pissed off and now you're okay. So <clears throat> I don't, I don't encourage to, to, to jump to doing things like that out of anger because you just never know what that ripple effect is going to be. You may do something to a person who is absolutely 100% deserving, but they have a kid or they have a spouse or there's somebody connected to them who relies on them in a way that now your actions are going to affect that person and harm them. And if you're okay being responsible for that, if you're okay saying, you know, if you rationalize like, well, they brought it on themselves, it's their fault, then, you know, that's between you and your conscience. But, um, your conscience, sorry. <laughs> uh, I personally have never, have, have yet to find an, an example where I'm okay with that, where I'm like, yeah, this is all on you and you've, you've earned this and here we go. Um, that's just not, it's just not in my nature to be like that. Um, I've even said like, you know, there are times when people get petty with one another in the workplace and I have seen where other people will intentionally set out to destroy or get another person fired. And, I have never been able to understand that mentality 
because I I have always felt like this is this pretty petty in the big scheme in the grand picture. Um, there's not a whole lot you could do to me that would make me want to hurt your livelihood. You know, we all have bills to pay. We all have mortgages, car payments, etc. So I would... There's just, I've always said, there's nothing you can do to me that would make me want to, to, to destroy a person's life that way um, at, in the workplace. Like, you're clearly not coming at my kid or whatever. So, uh, I, when I see people do that, when I see people target other, other, other people in, in the workplace and try to get them fired, my opinion of them drops drastically. I, I kind of see them as very small and petty because I think, like man, we've all got lives to live and we all have responsibilities and whatever little disagreement you're having at the moment is not that big. That it's not, it's not worth doing all that. Um, and so, and I know sometimes people do it like out of self-defense because the other person's the instigator and stuff like that. And, and, and that's a hard place to be, but it's, it's those instigators that I don't like. It's those potsters. I feel like he who stirs the pot should be forced to lick the spoon. <laughs> That's my belief. And again, I just now got off another rant. So we'll move on from that. Um, but that was, yeah, that, that's, that's all I'm saying about that. So um, those are the... Um, <clears throat> Oh, the other element, the component. The other component is direction. In order to have any outside effect, magic must be directed in accordance with time, space, and energy. All three points of manifestation. This principle is called triangle of manifestation. This is active now in your hands because you're taking the time to read this book. You're in a special location and you're putting forth the effort to read these words. That's what that's what this says, this thing that I'm reading. Um Releasing magic is necessary for it to have an effect on anything outside of oneself. Once energy is raised, you must direct it toward a space, a space and location. This connects you and that target by a cord or a bridge of magical energy. It is through this connection that the desired result of your spell will return to you. Once you release the magic of the spell, do not be anxious concerning the results. Anxiety will act to draw energy back to you before it can take effect. Reflecting upon the spells tends to ground the energy because it draws the images and concepts back to you. Once you cast a spell, it's best to not give the matter further thought as to not drain off its effectiveness. Mark a seven-day period on your calendar and evaluate the situation seven days later. It usually takes this amount of time, one lunar quarter, for magic to manifest. So, um, I have heard that many times. Just do it and forget it. Um... And I, I agree with that to a lot of extent, um, but I also I also agree with sending out the energy multiple times. So, yeah, you're not going to, you know, I'm not saying sit back and dwell on what you did and think about it and worry about it and stuff like that. That's kind of what they're talking about. Like the whole, like, if you sit and think, like, is this going to work? Is that going to work? Yeah, that's counterproductive. But if you're saying, like, this thing that I want is really important and I'm going to do this the same spell multiple nights in a row, um, then that, to me, is different. Like, for example, if you're binding something or someone, say, for example, you want to bind um, COVID-19, okay? We're, we're all dealing with that right now, right? So say, for example, you want to bind that. During the um, waning moon cycle into the new moon would have been the time to do that. And if you had a ritual that you were doing, 
you could have done that nightly. And what that is, is, is it's just putting more power into that manifestation. It, that's not what this is talking about when it says, you know, do it once and move on. Um, if you're going to, you can do it multiple times, but each time you do it, that's an act that you're letting go into the universe and, and, and you're letting that one go. That's it. That's, it's like a balloon that you've let, let loose into the air. You may let another balloon tonight and tomorrow, but they're, they're each their own and you've let them out. You're not going to draw them back. So hopefully that makes a little more sense now. Okay, so I, I have a book called The, the Witch's Book of Self-Care by Erin Murphy Hiscock. Um, she's also the, earth, uh, the author of Green Witch. Um, in chapter 2 on page 50, there is a transformation self-care that I want to share with you all. <clears throat> going through what we're going through right now, there's, this, is a, this is transformation. This is a call. Um, you know, we have been, for, for, for far too long, we have felt in, invincible and larger than life. And we, this is a bit of a, a piece of humble pie uh, that we're all having to kind of take and uh, reevaluate how we do things. And, and how, um, again, like I said, how essential certain things are to us, things we took for granted. So this is this can be about transformation, and if there's any positive that we can get from this experience, it's what what can what what in our lives can we transform? How can we how can what positive can we take away from this? Um, and I know right now that's the last thing we all are wanting to think about, and I'm certainly not making light of the situation. What's going on is devastating, and if you're personally if you've personally been affected by this illness as far as, I mean, we're all being affected by it, but like deeply personally, as far as if you've had COVID-19 or someone you love has COVID-19 or you've lost someone from this, my deepest sympathies go out to you. <clears throat> so in this, it says, sometimes you feel stuck in a rut. You know you were headed somewhere, but along the way, either derailed or ran out of steam. The transformation you seek feels stalled. Cases like this, grand gestures do more to destabilize you than help. Instead, work for patience and clarity to help you refocus. Open yourself to change and ease the transformation. So that's kind of how I have been feeling right now um, <clears throat> with this going on. It just, my entire life feels like it's kind of been upheavaled. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in healthcare, so there's the added stress of that. Um, and the, you know, the fear that goes along with that as far as not even... It, it it's more like I fear for my coworkers. I fear for like, are we going to be able to manage this? It's not so much like, oh no, am, am I going to catch this? It's it's how are are we enough? Are we gonna are we gonna be able to support our community through this? Um, that's where my kind of fear is at. Um, and and how many of my, you know, brothers and sisters in the healthcare field are going to, you know, make that ultimate sacrifice in, in trying to help manage and, and bring our community through this. So, um, and part of me, like I remember the other night, I kind of was like, um, okay, COVID-19, you can fuck off now. <laughs> Just was like, okay, I've had, I've had my fill with you. I'm done. I'm done. Um, up until that point, I had been very, you know, logical and rational and coming at it from my, from, you know, my basic knowledge of epidemiology and, and encouraging social distancing and this and that and kind of on top of it. And then I just, it all just kind of came to a hill for me the other night. And I was just like, oh, okay, I've, I've had enough. I've, I've had enough. You can fuck the fuck off now because I'd like to get back to my regular life. And, um, 
and it's frustrating. So I feel like I've been, I feel like lots of plans that I've made and lots of things that I've wanted to do have been kind of put on hold. And I think everybody has feeling <clears throat> is feeling that. And it's kind of daily. Things are fluid right now. They change daily. We don't know really one day from the next what's going to happen. And so that can be very, you know, destabilizing. So this transformation says what you need is a white candle and candle holder and a clear quartz stone. So cleanse your materials according to your chosen method. Center and ground yourself. Light the white candle and hold the quartz in your hands. Close your eyes and breathe evenly, bringing your body and spirit to a sense of equilibrium. When you're ready, lift the quartz crystal and hold it in your hold it to your forehead and say, I call on light to help me see clearly. May I be open to the change working in my life. May I have the patience to allow it the time it needs to develop, to gestate, to unfold, and to weave itself into my life securely. May this change be for the best and benefit of me and those I hold dear. So, mode B. So, um, you know, I, I, I hate... I hate to say, like, people will be, you know, I don't want people to think that I'm saying, like, that this is going to, you know, be a good thing. Like, I, I'm not saying that at all. Um, it's not a good thing. But if there are, if sometimes, sometimes there are, are this could be what we would call catalyst. So this pandemic may be a catalyst that we need to kind of get off our butts about um, global warming and our global impact. Um, it may be what we need as far as there'll be medical advancements that come from it that will help future generations. So there, there's sometimes, you know, it's not, not good right now. We're definitely in the midst of this storm and everything about it feels so negative. Um, but you know, during polio, that was the same thing, but then came the polio vaccine and now, polio is unheard of. And so, you know, that's something that, that could come of this as well. Um, a vaccine that uh, medications that may be developed, try, there may be medications that may be developed trying to treat this that we find treat something else and, and, and cure that or do something better. Lots of medicines um, that we use today were not invented for its intended purpose. <laughs> Sometimes what we have found in the scientific process is that, oh, hey, this, this was a side effect. This actually did this um, more than it did the thing that we wanted it to do. So yeah, let's, let's run down that path now. And, and, and that happens. So I'm, I'm hoping if nothing else, that's the sort of thing that, that comes from all this is that on, on the end side of it, you know, we, we find some kind of positive out of it. Um, <clears throat> as far as like a global community, um, that's, that's the hope, um, on a personal level, I don't know, I need this because I don't know what transformation is trying to take place in me. I, I think that those things are global and then they're also minute. I believe like in micro, micro, macro, cosmo kind of thing. Um, and so I think that as we're all taking this on, as a global community, we are all also dealing with things individually. Um, and there are lessons and things to be learned on both of those levels. So hopefully maybe you'll find that helpful. Um, if you don't, 
um, scratch it. No worries, my feelings don't get hurt like that. Okay, time for a stone. Time for a crystal. Today I am choosing Pink Howlite. It is um, used for clarity, detox, and energy purifier. Its color is light pink. Uh, it's your heart chakra. And you do not use water to cleanse it. Do not cleanse it with water. Um, it's a salt crystal. That's why you don't use water to cleanse it. Um, and it is a purifier of energies and environments. It's formed from the salt of evaporated ancient seas. It's a delicate pink color. It's caused by tiny sea creatures. Um, salty pink halite works to uh, help evaporate emotional traumas. <laughs> Who doesn't need that right now, right? Um, <clears throat> heartbreak and sadness can bring fresh clarity to situations of the heart. If you If you have a hunch... That the relationship you're in isn't so healthy. Do some of your friends or family always leave you feeling more drained than supported? If you're maybe an emotional empath, that's me. Um, and you can carry other people's stuff. I think that's another problem that I've been having lately. I am an empath. And so I've been having, um, I deal with my own anxiety issues. But right now there's this crazy heaviness <laughs> that is... This society's anxiety and it is kind of crashing down on me at times and I find I have to ground um, more frequently. Um, Halite will help you separate from the toxic and non-nurturing situations and people by clearing out whatever and whomever needs to leave your life. Disconnecting you from whatever isn't yours to deal with. You know, not my monkey, not my circus. Um, <clears throat> a great crystal for bedrooms. Halite will stay hard at work cleansing and clearing while you smooth, while you sleep. Halite is a sodium mineral better known as plain old rock salt. Um, it's mined worldwide for a huge variety of industrial purposes, including melting icy winter roads. It's, um, most often pink, very rarely, um, is it blue. It melts in wet environments, so be sure you know, to keep it dry. It's not a crystal that you want to put in your bathtub with your, in your bathroom at all, where the humidity might, um, cause it to disintegrate. So there is a crystal for you. All right. Time for a plant. <clears throat> We're going to talk about dandelion. Um, I also have the, um, herbary by Mia, Mia Toll. That's the illustrated herbary. It's it's a cute little book. I like all the pictures in it. Um, on it, she describes dandelion as bold, bright, and sunny. She pushes through cracks in cement and worms her way into the mortar of stone walls. Cheerfully, dandelion's medicine is perseverance, but not the perseverance of the martyr. Instead, dandelion is the eternal optimist, like the fool in the tarot deck. She's always happy to set off on a new adventure in hope of learning more and digging deeper. She's not an airy optimist, though with no grounding in reality, her roots are strong. She's a shaman, the Buddha, and her message is this, happiness as an inner landscape that has little to do with where you're planted. When you're ready to make your own joy, whatever life throws at you, call on dandelion. So most plants need very specific climates to thrive, but dandelion adapts to well-ranged environments. Uh, no matter where you are, it can, it'll, dandelion will crack it, pop up um, anywhere. So if you're feeling the pull of dandelion medicine, head out for a walk and see if you can spot this golden weed in the wild. Urban or rural, it doesn't really matter. Um, 
when you see when you when you see the dandelion find yourself suddenly a tiny bit happier notice where she's growing and what she has to overcome to thrive in it is she standing tall or hugging the ground is she in the sun or in the shade does she grow through soil or rock or concrete what can you learn from that observation notice whether you come home from your visit with the dandelion feeling a bit more able to handle the ups and downs of modern life Dandelion does this amazing thing. When she grows on a lawn that's mowed regularly, she stays short so her flowers pass under the mower's blade. How can you, like Dandelion, adapt to the world around you? What little change can you make that will allow you to thrive in your current situation or your mood turns sour and you're unable to maintain the dan? If, if your mood were to turn sour, you're unable to maintain Dandelion's chillfulness. Ask yourself whether you need a mood adjustment or whether you're pushing up against an obstacle that's taking you off your true path. Remember, perseverance isn't about putting up with untenable situations. It's about knowing the difference between that which is difficult but doable and that which is simply unhealthy for your soul. So, um, <clears throat> dandelion, we like to call it a weed, but there's some interesting things about dandelion. Um, they're, they're actually not weeds. They're part of the same flower as sunflowers, same family as sunflowers. And a cup of dandelion greens is... 535% of your daily recommended vitamin K and also has a 112% of your daily vitamin A. Dandelion seed can travel up to five miles before it lands. Every part of the dandelion is edible. And up until the 1800s, dandelions were um, seen as extremely beneficial. People would remove grass to plant dandelions. Um, you can have dandelion tea. Uh, dandelion is edible. You can put it in your um, salads. So, um, dandelion, as far as spell work, uh, like this book has said about when you think about, and this is, this is kind of how you approach lots of the different plants that you might use in spell work is, as you ask yourself, what does this plant do? How does this plant act and behave in nature? Because that's, I'm working with nature. We're talking about that with spell work, right? Not opposing, but with. So I'm going to incorporate that to help me with that purpose. So dandelion, I would see using that for, um, things that are positive if you're trying to shed some light on something, you know, because it's got that sunny, it's a happiness, a cheer, a sweet jar. Um, or also things where you're trying to persevere, where you're saying like, I need some strength right now, or I need to overcome this thing. Um, then you could use that because they do, they tend to, if there's a crack in the cement, up pops a dandelion, like they're, they're amazing little, little uh, flowers that have learned and to adapt very well. So if you find yourself in a situation where you're struggling to adapt, the dandelion might be good to use in your um, spell work or ritual work regarding that type of thing or meditation, that sort of thing. Okay, guys, so I think that's going to be it. Uh, I hope you all have a wonderful day, wonderful rest of your week. Be safe. Remember your social distancing and your good hygiene. And thank you all so much for everything you're doing. For those of you who can't stay home, thank you for doing what you're doing to keep um, services and products moving. Those of you who are staying home, thank you so much for doing that, making that sacrifice and staying home. Um, you know, it's going to get a little worse before it gets better. That's that's just me speaking as a nurse. It's just the way it is um, but if we do these things now and religiously we can flatten that curve and just please bear in mind that 
if we're successful, it will look like everything's fine because that means it's working. So uh, I, I liken it to when a patient starts to take blood pressure medication and their blood pressure gets great. And then they go and they say, well, I'm going to stop taking that medicine because my blood pressure is fine. I don't need that medicine. My blood pressure is fine. Well, honey, your blood pressure is fine because you take medicine. When you stop taking the medicine, your blood pressure is going to get bad again. So if, if in the next two or three weeks we start seeing a decrease in number of cases and things are starting to look better, please don't say, oh, this was all a hoax and a, you know, over dramatized and not a big deal and start crawling out of your houses again because that's that 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 will cause a resurgence so um enough about that thank you so much for listening to this um i hope everyone's okay my next one i'll try to do some maybe some different things that you can do in your home with kids i know a lot of you are probably at home with your kids right now maybe just some some daily rituals or routines that you can kind of do to incorporate your practice with your children. Um, I'll see if I can't dig up some stuff and do that on my next podcast. So everybody have a great day. And if there are specific things that you'd like to learn more about, feel free to email me at eclectickitchwitch at gmail.com. Until then, brightest blessings.